Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. No one does us like we do. Always go hard with this school. Welcome to the show. Let's make moves. Nothing's gonna stop us. It's not to be a bluff. Broadcasting from Studio Lumo in Adelaide, it's the SCNSA Breakfast Podcast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Hey, thanks for listening, podcasters. And we have uh, this movable desk here in uh, Studio Lumo. Where, because I thought you were going to stand oh, up well, and I will, talk. I will. I will. Just, you, you lowered it too much. It needs to come up a little bit, please. Up a little bit. Okay, hold yeah, on. Wait a sec. Bzzz, yep, Is that but, better? Yeah, much better. Thank you. Uh, big day today. Big podcast. We uh, had a chat to Mark Milligan from Adelaide United. The Reds are in red-hot form preparing to take on Wellington. The Phoenix on Friday night and the women are taking on Newcastle in... I I was polite on the air before. It's disgusting scheduling that they've put the women on at about quarter past four on a Friday afternoon. Like, at least move it a little bit forward so people can get there. Makes it hard, doesn't it? What time's the men's game start? Uh, That will be probably around 7.40. Like, I just think it's... So so there's 90 minutes, 7.40. What are the requirements to the... Did the men go out and do a warm up on the pitch? They Is will, that... but that's that's an hour before kickoff, though. So I, I just think if you if you want to help grow and prog- progress the game, just schedule it better, or put a double header on a Saturday or a Sunday. There's two mm. other days you can choose yep. to have that double header. So um, as we said in, on the show, hopefully the Women's World Cup provides a, a bit more positivity in regards to women's football, and it can continue to grow that legacy. Um, Sam Edmund told us about his love for Aviator Sunnies because Joe Biden was wearing them on our TVs this morning. Um, We had a chat about everything that's going on in Melbourne. And footy's back. You can tell that footy's back because we get more text messages with um, a bit of venom, if especially I say the wrong thing. Putting Port Adelaide in the top four didn't go down too well. You copped a bit. Your credibility got questioned. Uh, Also, Daniel said... Walshy, do Port still make the grand final if they're zipping two after the first two rounds? Brisbane and Collingwood at the G is a doozy of a start. I've never been good at footy tipping, and I'm not the expert in this show. I'm just the guy that talks about things that I love. Well, no, no, you're the expert when it comes to the world game and basketball and netball and many other sports that you have an intimate knowledge of. There's a big difference between what I'd like to happen and what will happen. Mm-hmm. I talk probably too much about what I'd like to happen, but I still think Port Adelaide can certainly make the grand final if they're zipping two. There's how many games in a season? 23? Yes, there is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you put to me, okay, make an argument why Port Adelaide couldn't finish top. Mm. And so I sort of had a few little worries about their defense, but uh, a text message came in from Michael who said, this is a bit harsh. DBJ in the starting 22, playing Dixon up forward and Ollie Wines is kicking. There's three red flags that stop us making the finals. That When he says us, that's a Port fan having a crack at his own there. I don't – and I, the hard thing is I don't necessarily disagree entirely. Darcy wouldn't have had the, the best season no, for he's a, himself. He's, had an, he's all Australian. That, that and he won the best and fairest. Hmm. Like, so for him, um, you can't do much better – than what he did. So there was always going to be a moment where the attention was on him um, moving into 2022. So 
Ollie's kicking's been an issue. Charlie's health and fitness has been an issue. Everyone has these troubles. But I think the, the best point that you've made over the past couple of weeks is every other team's got better. Mm-hmm. And you see Melbourne, if Melbourne are going to do some damage and you've got them as premiership favourites, Port Adelaide still um, don't have that Petrarca, Bontempelli player. There's, of course, Ollie Wines is there, but uh, Petrarca and Bontempelli are probably next level above when it comes to their speed and kicking. Rosie is an all-Australian midfielder, though, at 22 years of age. Wines has won the Brownlow. Jason Horn francis has the potential to be one of the best players. Potential is a big word, though. Now, I, I know, but I, I at least see him. He's the number one draft pick. Dean Brogan had him as the next captain over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Just relax, and mate. Then, and then you've got... Um, Zach Butters in there as well. So I actually, I like the talent in there. See, my issue with Adelaide is, is it, as good as Sam Berry is, I don't think Sam Berry is ever going to be well, potentially in the top five midfielders in the competition. Mm. Uh, Rory Laird is an absolute star. He's one of the last two best and fairest, but hasn't been able to make the All-Australian side as a midfielder because he's just, the weapons aren't quite there. The penetration, the burst, you know, the ability to get on the scoreboard. So so that's Adelaide's issue. They are so blue-collar and they couldn't work any harder and they still do everything right and they try and get better. But there's a, there's a talent deficit is what I'm saying. Luke Pedler, I think, has potential because he's a bit more explosive. He's got a booming left foot and he's got some aerial as well. So so there's some talent in that regard. And obviously, Rochelle and Rankin have their own sort of bag of tricks as well. So they have top-end talent. And that's what I think Adelaide need to find out is can any of those Pedler, Rochelle, Rankin – become top-end midfielders and potentially all-Australian midfielders. That's the big question for Adelaide. Peddler's a great name, and he's got a cycling name. It made me think of Isaiah Ryder, who was a basketball. He's Paddy also Ryder. got a cyclist name. Paddy Ryder. Are there any other ones? Nigel Helmet. <laughs> this... well, so we had this discussion before yeah, about yeah. players that had sort of action sort of names. Or like jobs, occupations. John Butcher. Mm. Well, I was gonna Mark say, Naylor. I was going to say Taylor Walker in, when we were going Peddler, Walker. Yeah. yeah. Any others? Stephen Runner. <laughs> no, there's not. This is the time we wrap up the podcast. Right, Braden Cook. Braden Cook's a yeah, good one. Yeah. yeah, that's another um, occupation. Well, we can't we can't just leave until we think of another one now because this is the joy of a podcast. Um, um, Let me think. Let me think. Uh, Walker, Runner, Butts. Okay, that's just in the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Well done. <laughs> Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres by three, get one free at tyre power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Good morning to you. Happy Tuesday after a long weekend. Mark Bickley, hello. We are in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And we should say, for those of you just waking up or just getting home, if Hindley Street is anything to go by, there are people still getting home from the Adelaide Cup. It was amazing, wasn't it? Yes. I, I, saw, I thought it was some sort of dress-up party. Lots of people in old suits, op shop suits. So there must have been a fair crew of younger people were getting around the place. I now, I, I certainly feel my age when I'm driving past people who are still out or getting home at five in the morning thinking, just just imagine all the sleep you're missing out on right now because <laughs> I, I value my sleep. Well, I was reasonably impressed. They were sort of still upright and they didn't look like they were swaying too much. So, you know, considering if you've been at it since the races yesterday, oh my gosh. must have back the winner. 
Well, they were celebrating. $25 um, the winner. <laughs> we are celebrating the fact that um, AFL season starts this weekend. Thursday night, it all begins. Uh, Carlton Richmond, where I, I feel like as we jump into the kitchen, that's the sound you can hear. We talk mm. about what's cooking. Um, Carlton Richmond always provides so many question marks, no matter how well each team has gone the season prior. I think every year over the past 10 years, mm. we've been waiting for that Carlton win, which finally they, they got one. But um, we, who knows what's going to happen? Well, yeah, exactly. And it, it's always people complain, oh, why do they get the season opener? But it does create drama. And there seems to be a bit more on the end of it. It's either enormous embarrassment for Carlton again that <laughs> they can't get it done yes. or it's – uh, you know, more recently it's, oh, Richmond, is it the end of the era? You know, are they going to be able to continue to push forward? But even this year, both clubs, I think, will finish inside the eight. So there are some ramifications, um, some injury concerns for Carlton, Some looks like some debutantes for Carlton. Richmond have got a few new players debuting for their club. So, yeah, it's a huge uh, talking point and, yeah, appointment set. I reckon this Thursday night, you wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Some of the things that we uh, missed over the weekend that it's worth quickly talking about, we'll for, like talk about them throughout the show too. We are here thanks to Ty Power. Best buys on Big Brand Sale now on Saturday morning. We woke up to the news that Port Adelaide are going to be wearing their prison bar guernsey in the showdown, which Power fans are really happy. And I think that the great thing about that was it, it really surprised everyone. Mm. There was We, we had a, a text message sent to us last week from a listener saying, why were the Port Adelaide players having photos in prison bars? And then mm. the club got in touch with us and said they needed to do it thanks to um, the, the Sandful contribution and we believed it, and here we go. Subterfuge. It was very good. We just got the message and thought, yeah, no worries. Thanks, Daniel Norton. And then um, here we are, Saturday morning. Wow, they're wearing it. So um, as a Port fan, I think it's massive. I've spoken to the club over the weekend. They're sold out. Like, it's mm. unbelievable how quickly they've gone. So merchandising, it's a big thing, obviously. But um, for the club, it's great to see that that Koshy um, and Jeff Brown could have a conversation about it. Yeah, look, it, it seems to be common sense. I, I think that that's probably Collingwood's issue is that merchandise goes crazy. So when you go to a port game, there's less and less teal, less and less silver, and it's really just black and white. Yes. I think Collingwood potentially are worried that their brand is being diluted. But in the end, one game a year, it's a nod to their heritage. Port fans love it. I reckon 90% of the other fans couldn't care less, to be quite frank. So just get on with it. Common sense, and let's do it. And if other clubs want to celebrate their heritage and it and it uh, makes their supporters feel good. Well, good on them. Do that as well. Adelaide United had a really good win against the Newcastle Jets. And uh, just over the past few minutes, the squad for the Socceroos has been announced, a 26-man squad. We can have a look at that a little bit closely when we get into the World Game update after 6.30. But you don't want to miss it because three Adelaide United players feature, two of them in the actual squad, and then there's a train-on player too, who for that they get to go and experience what it's like to be part of a camp. So you can make up your own minds who you think features, but we'll uh, do a deep dive into that one. And they were good. The Reds comfortably second at the moment on the ladder and they can win it, Bix. Oh, I'll tell you what, they can score as well. They, again, what did they get four on the weekend? Yeah, they can score. The only concern I think for Adelaide United is they can score, but they can also concede. <laughs> exactly. They leak a few goals. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like the old Malcolm Blight theory. Just score more than the opposition. That's all you've got to keep doing. We saw Malcolm Blight on Friday. We had a brilliant lunch at Adelaide Oval with uh, the the people that make up the SEN family, which was fantastic. A few things to point out. You were fashionably late. 
and you walked in when the whole thing had started and the uh, organizer. No, no, no. I walked in when it was about to start. The organizer said, put it in the premiership room, which I know is Adelaide Oval, the premiership room. And I said this on the microphone when I took over from Moles Fitzner. Um, there were no photos of Port Adelaide in there. It was just, they might as well call it the Adelaide Crows premiership room. Yeah, well, I think from my memory anyway, when when I was um, doing some coaching at Adelaide, that room there is populated by all the um, the Adelaide, I think they're vice presidents or one of those coterie groups. Mm. Uh, so I thought that was Adelaide's room. They they were allocated one of the rooms, and I thought Port Adelaide would have had one similar. Well, do they, um, do they not? I don't know, but I, I maybe this is smaller because they've only won one premiership. Oh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> triggering, and it's too early for that stuff leading into an AFL season. I did put up a big picture of Warren Treadway when everyone left anyway, holding up the premiership cup. Um, and funnily enough, we we start a new show, you and I, a partnership. Mm. It was great to see Kane Corns there and have a conversation with him and. Um, have a listen about uh, your predictions for the season. And I rock up and my name's spelled incorrectly on the name card and where you sit, J-A-R-R-A-D. So it shows how much I'm valued here at SENSA. You're, you're an OD sort of man, aren't you? <laughs> I am. Yeah. Um, and then I actually got a message from Bree, who was organising the event, saying, I hope you don't mind. And I'm like, yeah, no worries. That's absolutely fine. I minded heaps. Mm. And you sat next to John Platten. Unbelievable. One of the greatest ever. That was brilliant. And uh, there was a guy on our table who was in love with John Platten. And you could see that the rat was really enthused about speaking about every game that he's ever played <laughs> with this guy who basically turned it into a 60 minutes interview with him. I had a big weekend on Saturday. I had to go down to um, McLaren Vale MC wedding at Serafino. Mm. Nice little winery. and. Beautiful. Uh, a couple of things that happened prior to that warm day on Saturday, but you know, everything's a little bit cooler um, south of the city. I was quite tired and I had time. So I got down to McLaren Vale at about four. My um, role on the microphone didn't start till 6.30. So I pulled over side of the road and had a sleep in the car. Really? Yeah. What? Just what? What part of the? Did you find a, a dirt track and or on? Well, well, this is the, the main thing. highway. This is the thing, Bix. I found a place uh, near a park mm. where I pulled over and I had a sleep. But then I heard cars rocking up. And I think people were a bit concerned about my well-being. Mm. So then I felt the sun as it was starting to get a little bit lower, uh, burning the right-hand side of my body. And I couldn't sleep with the car on because I was nervous that my foot would probably move <laughs> onto the accelerator. And yeah. So anyway, I've um, then moved onto the side of the main road and pulled the car over. When someone came up and knocked on my door and woke me up and said, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just, mm. just having a sleep. And I would, was thinking at that point, if they recognized me because I look familiar from being at sporting events and stuff, they oh, thought- so I'm Jared Walsh. No, hey, I, wouldn't, hey, I wouldn't say that. But hey, I, you can you imagine I that I've got my suit because I wasn't wearing it. Mm. So I've basically got my belongings in my car. They mm. would have thought, geez, things are really going well for this guy. <laughs> He's having a sleep and living out of his car in McLaren Vale. So we got to the wedding- uh, and it was a beautiful wedding. Mark mm. and Alyssa got married and they had a great time. And uh, 8.30, I'm, I'm very much a, a running sheet kind of guy. When you're an MC, Stick you have to- Stick it on time. Exactly. And, and when, when you got married, the role for when you get married is to not worry about a thing, right? So the MC, the happens. wedding planner, mm. everything takes care of itself. So it gets to the speeches. Now, you had to prepare for your speech. You were mm. all ready to go. How did you feel in preparation to get your speech done at your wedding? Yeah, well, we had a uh, relatively informal wedding. Mm -hmm. We had a, a 
wedding in um, it was in my mother in law's backyard actually, yep. um, and so yeah, I was a little bit nervous. Yeah, yeah, but excited. So you get the nerves and you want to get it out of the way, exactly. so then you can you just relax afterwards. Yes, so I've walked up to the groom and I said, "If you're ready, I think we should do the speeches now. We're running a little bit late, and the sooner you get them done, the sooner you can get back the on the dance starts, floor and yeah. say good day to everyone. No problem. We're about to start the speeches, and I get a tap on the shoulder from the video guy who comes and says, "Now, mate." we've made a decision that I'm going to finish my meal and then they can get into the speeches. And my response, I was a bit shocked. I said, mm. um, sorry, so let me get this straight. You want to put the wedding on hold so you can finish your steak? And he said, no, no, we've made a decision that we, it's, we? it's better. We, talking on behalf of the bride and the groom, um, <laughs> that I can do this. And I just said, um, we're doing basically what the bride and groom say. So I would suggest that you mm. probably put the stake on. He got really upset with me. Did he? So my response is I grabbed the microphone and I started the speeches. So he had to hurry up. Am I out of line by doing this? Well, here's what I'm worried about. Yes. I'm worried now that some of the shots might be out of focus. Maybe a few, <laughs> a few sort of, People being out of camera. You're certainly not on the video. I know or he's that. gonna like he's gonna do a voiceover and start <laughs> saying really defamatory things. <laughs> I just think it's a bit strange. Well, I would have thought so. That's a little bit self-serving, isn't it? You're there. He's getting paid to be there to to take video of the wedding, and and he just yeah. rolls when the when it's ready. And if you can get a bite in in between sort of the video, that's great. But I wouldn't be thinking you'd be holding up the proceedings. I got some feedback on social media, which I love because I think it's great to get both sides of the the story. And a lot of people were saying the video guys and the photographers spend about sixteen hours that day capturing footage, mm. which is fine. My issue was um, perhaps eat at a time when it's appropriate, maybe when everyone else is eating. So you don't have to go and Let's film the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably not going to make the final cut. No. So, Or you can just, you know what, just get some food on the way home, mate. Mm. That's fine. So look, Alyssa and Mark had a fantastic day. And then I drove home just thinking, hopefully the videographer wasn't following me on the expressway back to Semaphore. But... Well, or you're just going to have a sleep on the way home. <laughs> I was very refreshed after that. <laughs> hey, we have a massive show this morning and we'd love to hear from you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 If you are listening on the app, you can just get, press a button and send us a text to Maud Team Ford Mount Barker for V6 Ranger. And because it's going to be a warm week, 27 today, oh, 29 yeah. tomorrow. On Friday, it's going to be 34 degrees, um, which is unheard of last, this time of the year. The last hurrah, isn't it? It is. Summer, even though it's autumn. The weekend too, uh, as we have our first AFL match here this weekend, 27 on Saturday and 26 on Sunday. Yes, and um, huge uh, state championships for all the surf life-saving carnivals oh, yeah. next weekend. Saturday and Sunday, it'll be at Port Norlunga. So if you live at Port Norlunga, expect about 2,000 people to invade your beach. Will it's you be a, there? Yes, it, it's a huge weekend of uh, participation for all the young kids who have been Working really hard all year. So uh, keep an eye out for that as we get closer to that on the weekend. You may have noticed that we haven't mentioned the Australian cricket team yet, and that's because it was basically just a no result, a pretty boring final test, apart from um, Usman Khawaja, who was incredible. They've gone from uh, one extreme to the other. We've gone from two tests that lasted two days and wickets everywhere to putting up a road that there's about a thousand runs scored on, so I'm not quite sure they've got that right. How about something in the middle? I love how the captains just get together and go, You've had enough? Yep, you had yeah, enough? All right, right, let's yeah. just end it right yeah, now. They could not? have done it after day two, I reckon. <laughs> just said, Let's have enough. Uh, we would love to hear from you. It is 14 minutes past six on SENSA. Good morning. 
Tire Power, best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 19 minutes past six. Good morning to you. We are in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. You want to get in touch with the show, 0427... 154166. If you are the caller or texter of the week, that cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice flavoured milks, and fresh juices could be yours as we welcome Jace, our producer, with these. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Morning, Jace. How was your weekend? Uh, pretty good. Not as eventful as yours, gentlemen, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it was uh, it was very quiet. Uh, got to spend some time with Mum, who's still over, of course, as we talked about last week, and uh, went out and watched uh, an SANFL trial game as well. Forget about to get out there and have a look at uh, the Panthers run around at Thurber and Oval. So uh, North Adelaide made sure light work of them, um, and they look like they're going to be the team to beat again. Mm. I saw um, in the one of the news services, Warren Treadray is a specialist. Yes, coach. I saw that. That's not a bad get for Jacob Surgeon. Jacob Surgeon's just gone to one of his mates and said, hey, can you come and help us out? But that would be very, very good for well, it's them. It's outstanding. Imagine if you're a young forward or even if you're an old forward at North Adelaide, having the um, the brain power of Treaders, one of the best centre-half forwards of his era, really. He was outstanding. What we are going to do over the next few weeks, too, is look a bit closer into the Sandful. No matter your club colours, Balfour's after the game. We'll do a Sandful update, too, Jace. We will. Uh, let's have a look at what we're putting up on the socials this morning. Um, you boys, after 7 o'clock, are going to give your ladder predictors for 2023. Mm. Were you aware of that? Yes. yes yeah, yeah we are fully across it. across it. All across it. Excellent. So uh, listen out for who the boys think are going to finish where. But given that on Twitter, You've got a character limit. Uh, I'll just settle for your top eight, our family out there listening. Mm -hmm. So get on Twitter. Tweet us your top eight in order, please. We'd love to see what you think about that. Uh, Also wanted to talk about post-match and during-match celebrations. Now, you may have seen a South African spinner, uh, Maharaj, took a wicket against the West Indies. I think we've got some audio of this. And, um, well, let's just say his celebration didn't go quite according to plan. That is another wicket. So they have lost the final one, but Maharaj has gone down, I think, in celebration here. Is it Maharaj? He hit the deck very quickly in celebration. It is. My goodness, this is unusual. What? Yeah, it certainly looks like Achilles. Pain on his face suggests that he has done something really, really bad to that Achilles tendon by the looks of it. Yeah, that's not how a celebration should end. Sad scenes here. Guess of Maharaj being put on a stretcher. <laughs> the commentators Stretch go from, from 100 down to zero. <laughs> Stretch it off, celebration should end. How about that? Uh, so, a big, you would have celebrated a few goals in your time, I'd imagine. Any of your goal celebrations oh, gone wrong? Did you cop a finger in the eye or no, anything? No, not really. The, um, we were much more subdued back in the day, in the last century when I played. But um, there, there's been a, a, lots of them when the high five goes high wrong. High fives are great, yeah. Finger in the eye, busted... I think I saw uh, there was a when Jordan Dawson or one of those after match celebrations, someone jumped up and dislocated their finger. Oh. I might know it was the, when Noah Anderson did it against That's Richmond. Right. Uh, one of the players jumped up 
just pop the fingers straight out. Not much joy in that. Well, remember David Warner, he uh, couldn't do any more, started cramping after he jumped up for his Mm. double ton. I remember (laughs) Pablo Sanchez in the year that Adelaide United won the championship was in Wellington and he scored a goal and did his hamstring at the same time. Mm. So instead of celebrating, he had to hobble off because he did his hammy by scoring the goal. No joy there. No, no, no. We'd love to know if people um, have seen these on on television or streaming before too, so you can always text it in 0427 Five four one double six. What else have we got on the socials? Twitter poll. Uh, we need to know the answer to this. Now, with us qualifying Australia for the Test World Championships final, we'll be playing India in June in England at the Oval. Who's going to open the batting alongside Usman Khawaja? You can pencil in Uzi, um, but who's going to open the batting alongside of him? Is it going to be David Warner? Is it going to be Travis Head? They're going to stick with that formula. Mm. Maybe Cameron Bancroft comes in. The uh, He's been dominating in the Shield season. Or is there someone else that might be perhaps opening the batting alongside Uzi Kawaja. Let us know. They're your options on Twitter today, boys. Thank you. Jace Tire Power selected Falcon Tires at 25% off that World Game update not too far away with great news for Adelaide United fans with uh, a handful of players featuring in the Socceroos squad taking on Ecuador in a few weeks' time. It's 24 minutes past six. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills, coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Just before 6.30, we are here in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. The text line 0427-154-166. Power fans, we're speaking to Dan Houston before the end of the show this morning as the power gear up to take on the Brisbane Lions this weekend. If you have any questions you want us to ask Dan, certainly let us know that text line once again. 0427-154-166. Our world game update next. At Tire Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. 27 minutes to 7. Good morning to you. Thanks for listening. You can always give us a call. one 736 736 Morning Team Ford, Mount Barker for V6 Ranger. Before we have a talk about it and get into the World Game update, Mark Bickley, it was a brilliant weekend for Adelaide United. Both the men and the women taking away three points each respectively. Let's have a listen to the highlights of Adelaide United's win against Newcastle. The touch by Dorigo, who sets Goodwin on his way. Kitto outside him, he uses the decoy, two drawn to Ryan Kitto, here's Goodwin again, oh brilliant, that trusty left peg of Craig Goodwin, and here they come again, Kitto playing in Goodwin, the cutback, Zakhoff couldn't miss, two goals in 60 seconds for Adelaide United, it's catastrophe for the Jets. Could be costly, but not in the end as Dorigo nipped in. And Adelaide are back on the front foot. What a ball by Waller. Jovanovic! And that is the quality of Adelaide United in those transitional moments. And Luka Jovanovic has a goal on starting debut. And Adelaide's two-goal cushion is restored. It's four against three here for the Reds. Nestoria Kunda brings the thunder once again. There go the flips. Wowie, some talents. 
goals in three consecutive games now. Now, Bix, my concern about Nestori Erin Kunda is each time he scores, he adds more flips to his <laughs> celebrations and he's going to injure himself and I'm concerned about well, that. There's two ways this can go. He could injure yourself. That's if you're a glass half empty type of yes. guy. But I think the way he's going, he might end up uh, on the Gold Coast in 2032 in the gymnastics It team. was amazing it's to see his floor, celebration. The floor routine almost. Oh my gosh. And the thing is, he... He had a really slow approach to his triple backflip thing that he did. So, no, it was great for Adelaide United Saturday night against the Jets. What about the Thunderbolt, though? Like, the, the keeper, he didn't even move. It yep. was, went past his left ear. I tell you what, if it was about six inches to the left, it would have knocked him out cold. This is the beauty of one of the, the young kids and the, the young stars of the A-League men's competition. I showed this to a, a friend of mine because I was at this wedding on Saturday night, so watching mm. it on my phone when I should have been focusing on the wedding. And my mate, who's a footballer, said, he just kicks the bloody football as hard as he can. And that's that's all he does. So he's off the bench and there he is. He didn't put the speeches off a little bit just to so you could watch No, it. that was already done by the videographer. <laughs> so we don't that's talk about why that. you had to keep a, a tight time frame because you didn't want it interfere with your... Uh, introduce, I was supposed to introduce the bride and the groom and I introduced Craig Goodwin and the goal. <laughs> so, um, Goody with another assist and a, a great goal. And uh, Luka Jovanovic as well on his starting debut for the Reds. It's these young players that get these opportunities. We'll speak to Mark Milligan about it, but as you and I have touched on, we're great at scoring goals. I think defensively, we still need to make sure that we're doing the right things because um, against the best teams in the league, that's where we probably will face challenges towards the end of the season. The Adelaide United uh, women's team got the three points as well. They needed to do that at uh, Jepp's crossover the weekend, and it was Fiona Wirtz who ended up scoring uh, the match winner. Adelaide, long ball in. Wirtz is out, and Wirtz has got her goal. Her first start in over a month, and she has been looking for it all afternoon. And just like that, Adelaide are in front for the first time in this game. What a streaming run of play from Adelaide, making something out of nothing, and there was no other option. Bittersweet for the Reds uh, in the Liberty A-League women's bicks because we can't make the finals. And uh, last year, it was such an incredible season making our maiden finals appearance. So the players... Uh, the coaching staff led by Adrian Stenter would be really disappointed with this season after so much promise and the squad being similar to last season. I feel that uh, for them, they just want to get the season over and done with now so they can focus on next year. So what happened? Where did it go wrong for them this season? They, they've had a lot of injuries and a lot of players such as Chelsea Dorber being recalled from her loan spell. So the way that, that football works now is that Chelsea was uh, a member of our team, went over to play in America and they loaned her back to Adelaide United. They recalled her from her loan and then loaned her off to Europe. So um, you just have to go. When your team recalls you, you have to go. So injury, availability, and unfortunately... The league isn't as professional as it could be. So players are making decisions sometimes in our team and in other teams where if they have things that they need to go to on a weekend, Mm -hmm. they need to do this on the weekend as opposed to fronting up for our club. So um, there's a challenge. Uh, Hopefully the Women's World Cup brings a bit more professionalism Mm -hmm. into the women's competition and then probably more remuneration. And and this is the the thing around women's sport. Now, a lot of, let's use the AFL, for example, they're negotiating their CBA at the moment. And a lot of people are saying, how can they possibly get a pay rise? And, and, you know, the game's not generating the money. But here's the thing, Uh, just like cricket, did early on, the, the the men's part of the game will subsidise the women's part of the game mm. for a period of time. And the reason they do that is because if they get to a level where it is then full-time, 
they become full-time athletes. They don't have jobs. They're there six or seven hours a day training, learning about the game, getting better and better and better. And that lifts the standard, which makes it more attractive to watch. So there is a, a tipping point which you have to reach. And right now, uh, AFL are on the cusp of it. Cricket are certainly there already. They were probably one of the first movers. Uh, netball, I'm not sure they're probably on the cusp as well. Yeah. So, so that's that, that's going to be the challenge now for all the different women's sports because what it is, it is a it's a competition for talent. There are supremely talented young girls out there and they're choosing which sport do I want to compete in and that's what all those sports are competing for, those really talented young ladies. Yep, agree with you. Okay, so the big news this morning and it was released a few minutes before we went on air and that was the Socceroos squad. Uh, They've got two matches, one in Sydney and one in Melbourne in a few weeks' time that will be taking on Ecuador and the way that they are positioning this mix is the Welcome Home series. So um, the squad will feature every player that was part of the World Cup campaign. So they'll all be coming back home to Australia. Excellent. There's a few who won't be there. Martin Boyle, Aidan Fulstitch, um, Jamie McLaren, Matthew Leckie due to injury. And Danny Vukovic has retired. Mm. That is that's a shame for Danny Vukovic making that call because I would have thought it would have been a nice little farewell for him, but it provides an opportunity for our Joe Gauchi. So Joe yep. Gauchi's in the squad, which is sensational. You, you picked that two weeks ago. I, I thought he was the the obvious choice. There's a lot of good goalkeepers like uh, Lawrence, uh, Lawrence Thomas in Australia, but I'm, I'm so happy for mm. Joe Gauchi. He deserves that opportunity. Let's hope he gets to play too. Yep. And Craig Goodwin, walk-up start, no problem. But the interesting one is that the squad allows uh, – as many players as they want to be a train on player. So to go over to camp, to, to feel what it's like to be part of that setup. Nestori Irenkunda from Adelaide United is mm. part of that. And he's the only train on player. So out of everyone in the country, um, Irenkunda is going over to uh, Sydney and Melbourne to represent his country. And who knows, who knows what that could lead to? Oh, well, that's, it's just recognition that he is one of the most exciting young players in the country. If you didn't already know that, <laughs> but this is just another Example, it's another step in his journey in terms of uh, moving closer to that sort of real professionalism that you need to get to the top. So um, well done to him, well done to Adelaide United for nurturing him and bringing him on slowly to get the best out of him. And uh, let's hope this trajectory continues for the young man. It's just such an exciting story. Well, it's going to make you feel old when I say he's now a train-on player for the Socceroos, but he wasn't playing in the under-20s because he's still qualified for the under-17s. Mm. So <laughs> we will have a chat to Mark Milligan from Adelaide United about everything the Reds. If you want us to ask a question on your behalf, they do have a doubleheader at Cooper Stadium on Friday night. Prime time for the women. What they thought they'd do in the scheduling mix is make the women kick off at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon while everybody's still working. So um, they, they probably need to have a look at that. But then um, the men are going to be taking on Wellington. 0427-154-166. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale is now on. It's 18 minutes to 7. Our sports update next. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 13 minutes to 7 picks on uh, Tuesday mornings. We like to head over to Victoria and have a chat to our very own Sam Edmund to find out what's happening in the lead-up to round one, which is, what, two sleeps away? It's very exciting. It comes down really quickly. I reckon you, you go from January and you think, oh, okay, pre-season's back in. January to March just flies by. We're almost at the end of March. It's mm. ridiculous. And, um, and fortunately for both the, the local sides, fairly 
solid injury-free groups mm. to pick from. So um, I'm going to have a go, whether it's today or maybe later in the week, picking the tw- best 23 for uh, Port Adelaide and Adelaide, which will be... Oh, yeah, we've got to do our top eight too. And we've got to do our top eight. So we've got a few predictions to get through before round one. Kicks All right, let's get into our sports update right now on SENSA. SENSA Breakfast Sports Update. Righto, let's talk cricket. India has claimed a 2-1 victory in the four-test series against Australia with the final test in um, uh, Ahmedabad. Go on, mate. That's how we do it. Ahmedabad. Uh, Petering (laughs) out into an uneventful draw. Travis Head and Marnus Labashane secured the result with a 139-run second-wicket partnership. It was really sad for Travis Head because he he scored a brilliant 90 uh, before being dismissed. So he was almost uh, able to get to that uh, magical three figures. Couldn't do it. Um, <clears throat> Labashane was unbeaten on 63. Steve Smith was still out there and the skippers just shook hands. Uh, Smith and Sharma and said, that's about it. That was at 3.20 local time. The result ensured that India and Australia will go at it again in the one-off test match at the Oval in June in the World Test Championship final. Now, that's that going is... to be great that, to have that. Um, mm. I wonder if we'll ever get that here in Australia. Well, I suspect, it, would it be played on a neutral ground? Yeah, it's played in England. I, I, no, I understand that. But if... Let's say England and uh, India do it. Do they look for a neutral test? That's a good point. Or is it just predetermined that it's going to be in England and depending on who makes it, it might be uh, an advantage? I'll do some research. You keep telling us about sport. All right. uh, Let's uh, let's talk horse racing because a big day yesterday in uh, in Adelaide. A horse bought for just 35,000 at an online sale in January produced a bold front-running performance to capture the uh, Group 2 Adelaide Cup delivering Amy and Ash Yagi the biggest victory of their training careers. Rebel Racer was bought to win a maiden hurdle at Warrnambool, but on Monday has led all the way to take out Adelaide's most prestigious flat race. Simon Wilde's Aurora Sympathy at $12 was gallant. Rebel Racer paid over $25, if you don't mind, peeling off Rebel Racer's heels at the top of the straight. It even hit the front at the 200-metre mark before having to settle for second. It was a neck behind the winner. So, uh, big day yesterday, and as we said, we came in here this morning, just around, just after five, still some still some rebel rousers uh, in Hindley Street, not quite rebel races at that stage, uh, and, and a huge weekend uh, in supercars with champion, or last year's champion, Shane Van Gisbergen, has now been labelled disrespectful in a wild 24 hours. Now, the superstar Kiwi, he was sensationally stripped of his race one victory at Newcastle following a protest. Triple Eight was found guilty of breaching a rule due to an incorrect application of dry ice as a cooling device. Now, on Sunday, he was at the centre of another moment of high drama after he made long late contact with rival Chaz Mostert on his way to claiming victory in race two. The Red Bull Ampole racing driver gave Fox Sports presenter Jess Yates a cold response immediately after the race when asked about the drama. He was even icier in the post-race press conference. Uh, bouncing back, uh, I imagine there was a bit of disappointment with the team today. So did that yep. make today's race win even a little bit sweeter? Yeah, so basically just repeat what I said on track. Like, thanks to my team, our cars were awesome. Um, but yeah, all our talking was done on the track today. So thank you. There was a uh, little... No, mate, it's a press conference. We've got to ask you questions. There was obviously that battle at turn nine between yourself and Chaz. Uh, can you talk us yeah. through it just from your point of view? All the talking was done on track today. Mate, thank come you. on. Are you serious? Now, mm. let's just for one moment reflect on the journo there because I don't like the way the journo spoke to him too. Mm. So so what you have to understand though is sometimes there are um, uh, pre, uh, 
uh, arranged, like the AFL coaches. An AFL coach can't do that. You have to, part of the television rights commitment is, you have to turn up at the press conference and be there and answer the questions. I'd suggest that would be exactly the same with supercars. If you win the race, you turn up and you answer the questions. I think that's, look, Shane Van Gisbergen, he's a superstar and he's a great guy. But at the end of it, you're still talking to your fans. You're still talking to the people Mm. who support you. You're still talking on behalf of your sponsors, everyone who puts the work in. Just say, yes, it was a great race. We were disappointed with yesterday. Actually, we were livid with yesterday. Make a point if you want to, but still talk to your fans who are probably pretty excited for you by the way you bounce back. Yeah, I think that's probably my American sport influence creeping into where I think um, sometimes the the people asking the questions are there to get something so they can take mm. credit for the question. But the question wasn't too bad. So no. well, it's, it's an interesting one because in this day and age, sports are crying out for coverage. They're, mm. they're going, they're bending over backwards. You know, think of Drive to Survive, tennis now, do it behind. You know, there's access like never before because it is a is a competition for eyeballs and you want to you, you want to take people on the journey so when you snub people like that and you don't give them any answers then people sort of say well maybe I won't watch this I'll watch something else next time yes what else is happening in sport mark bickley Oh, the NBL Championship Series is going to Game 5 after a record crowd watched the New Zealand Breakers hold off the Sydney Kings 80-70 to in their Game 4. Stoush, the vibrant crowd of just under 10,000 at Spark Arena, rode every bump in a physical contest that saw the Breakers hold off several challenges from the Kings to send the series back to Sydney for Wednesday's finale. This is uh, the never-ending series, isn't it? Yeah, it's been amazing, though, because the, the first two matches, both teams won on their away court, and then they managed to wrestle it back and win at home. And mm. the crowd in Sydney the other night was spectacular. The, the biggest ever crowd, which is outstanding. I saw Luke Longley and Andrew Bogut were both at the game as well. I yes, reckon. so Andrew Bogut is a co-owner of the Sydney Kings, mm. and uh, Luke Longley's heavily involved too. So mm. they'd be hoping that Sydney can get the win back home. Sydney have been the best side all season, but the way that New Zealand played on the weekend was was outstanding. So I, I think it's a 50-50. Yeah, Sydney Kings coach Chase Burford, they only took the aim or took aim, I should say, at the referees in the Kings game for grand final loss to New Zealand before storming out of his post-game press conference. Yeah, so there there's, but there's no audio of that because he literally just stormed out. He's like, they were asking him questions and he's like, no, I've had Didn't enough. Didn't he say they had eight on the eight versus five? Yeah, can't win? he... It is um, I don't know. I don't know if Chase Buford listens to this, but he's petulant. He just he loves just cracking it. You sh- he's been given so many tech fouls for his attitude, where mm-hmm. his players have needed to restrain him. It should be the other way around. He is just crazy. It's interesting because often teams can take on the personality of their coaches. So if you have your a petulant coach, sometimes that turns into petulant players, but clearly not. Well, I remember in back in the heyday when the Adelaide 36ers used to have the rivalry with Victorian teams and Brian Gorgian used mm. to always go a little bit crazy on the sideline and people were watching what he would do. Everybody's like that with Chase Buford now from Sydney mm. where um, he has so much personality and he just has a very short fuse. So he's very entertaining to watch. Uh, let's have a quick chat about the Sandfall, no matter your club colours. Balfour's are for the game. They take care of our Sandfall update. So, Bix, there are a couple of trial matches 
over the weekend uh, with North defeating South at Thebe Oval. The Eagles getting the win over Westies. Glenelg defeating Centrals only by eight mm. points and Sturt winning against Norwood. So there's a few weeks away until the Sandville starts, but that's going to be a, a big year, especially for Port Adelaide and, and Adelaide too, where um, they will have a lot of players to choose from. Well, they will. And, and there is a fairly solid correlation. If they have 15 or 16 listed players, they very rarely lose. And it's the flip side. If you, if you have under 13 or 14, they very rarely win. So, so they're, they're the sort of numbers that they're dealing with. So, you know, Adelaide have only got two or three injuries. So they could potentially have every player as a listed player, which I think makes them very strong. Port Adelaide the same. I think Port Adelaide has a bit better depth than Adelaide. Obviously, they're a bit more advanced age-wise. Adelaide, I think, is still the second youngest team in the comp. So... Uh, if you've got a few more experienced players uh, for Port Adelaide, for example, then they drop back to the sample. They become very, very good sample players and you, know, you don't have to go back too far, Port Adelaide, uh, right up the top of the ladder. And the flip side of that is you get a lot of injuries and you don't have to go back too far to see them right down the bottom of the ladder either. The Sandful W also over the weekend see South Adelaide at top of the table. They are three and zip. They had a, a win over Westies and North Adelaide. Are the reigning premiers are a huge win over Woodville West Torrens. So each week we will keep you up to date with the Sandful. And Sandful W with Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's after the game. Before we go to the news, you did something exciting over the weekend, Bix. I'm not sure it was exciting but it was interesting that was um i've got two boys who are sort of you know just over 12 and just under 10 or 11 and uh, we went we we watched lego masters you know when that was on the yes game. and um uh the the adelaide museum has this lego masters it's not a lego master it's a lego display but it was done by some of the people that were on lego masters which is really great um and there was just as many adults as there was kids in there but they've mashed together um, derelict sort of man-made items. So, there's, for example, there's an old V-dub in there, and they've they've made a like a world out of that out of that car body and with all Lego minifigures in there. And there's an ATM and there's a, a piano and they, and they've taken all the insides out and built stuff up. So, if you've got younger kids or if you're a fan of Lego or you've ever been a fan of Lego, go along and have a look. It's really worthwhile. So Where is it? It's at the in the Adelaide Museum. You go in the main entry and turn left and they have this special area. And then, of course, what you end up doing is you end up wandering around the museum for the next two hours. You forget how cool a thing that is. So um, we had a great – that was Saturday morning. Some old artefacts there. Some old artefacts, like yeah. The 98 Premiership no, Cup. No, no, no. <laughs> there was – went in the Egyptian room, saw an old girlfriend in there. <laughs> 2,000 years old. <laughs> That's how old I am. <laughs> You know, uh, this is showing my age a little bit, but um, and you're obviously a lot older than me, but when they used to have the, the Lego world mm-hmm. where you used to walk into the, the supermarket, it was outstanding. I get, got so excited about that. So that's great. I might go have a look. Yeah, the other thing is, Bix, that when you were telling me off air about this, I was a bit nervous because you said Lego, and now you've gone to Lego, and I'm yeah, glad that I'm, you did that because I'm very much a Lego guy. I'm, I'm neither or either or either. <laughs> it doesn't, oh doesn't bother me. Is it Lego? I thought Legos was a uh, a spaghetti sauce. It is, yes, <laughs> yeah. and they make fantastic spaghetti sauce. Mm. But South Australians are the only people that say Lego. Lego. And mm. I got so particular about this once when I was working at another radio station. I actually mm. called the the headquarters of Lego and said, "Can you just do us a favour?" Where is that? Is it? It's over in Europe somewhere. Yeah. And uh, they said it is Lego. But I don't know why here in South Australia we have to call it Lego and, and 
pronounce it incorrectly. Mm. No, I, I couldn't help you. I reckon I did used to call it Lego. Mm, well, you did about 10 minutes ago. I was worried. I had a sound effect well, ready I, to I, buzz you out. And... Well, I think since it's we've watched Lego Masters and they say it like that, we've just picked up on it. Now, so what we try and do as a family, sit down, we adopt one program that we watch sort of, you know, through the yeah. series. And, and so like Survivor, for example, yes. you know, we're talking the family-friendly ones, not the married at first sight or... <laughs> Love Island or that New Housewives of Port Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, you know, whether it's Ninja Warrior or whether it's this Lego Masters or whether it's Survivor at the moment, we're, um, we really get into it. So, so for the Survivor fans out there, a bit of an anti-climax last night. There was meant to be, they're down to six people. They were meant to vote someone out and it, it wasn't an elimination night. I did see on the A-League coverage on the weekend, they had a very special guest from Survivor. David Zaharakis. And I thought maybe he's got bigger credentials than saying his his credentials that he was on Survivor. So that's where we're at in yeah. Australia at the moment. Um now look, we gotta we gotta straighten up a bit because next we are gonna reveal our top eight for this season. We'd love to hear yours too. So you can send them in via text or social media, 0427 154 166 Dan Houston, not too far away. And Mark Millian, do you want to read out a text before we go into the news? Oh yeah, this one's from Phil. It says, Boys, can someone please explain why Paul permit Charlie Dixon to mess around off-road on a dirt bike. Uh, it says he with no helmet less than a week before uh, he's about to play his first game. Um, wasn't aware of that. Maybe we'll, we'll forward that on to Kane Corns. That seems like his <laughs> area of expertise. We're, <laughs> so, we're but, talking about Lego Masters. and all, <laughs> That's, that's uh, kind of where we're at as just, a show. Just on the surface of that, that does seem like a reasonably dangerous activity, though, riding a, a motorbike. Um, yes, a dirt bike as well, but didn't see the vision. Maybe he was only going slow. We'll, we'll have a look at that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. It's SENSA. We've just gone 7 o'clock. Good morning. Entire power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Good morning to you. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Dan Houston will speak to before 8 o'clock this morning and not too far away, Mark Milligan from Adelaide United. A warm one all week this week, Mark Bickley, across South Australia. So it is the last blast of summer, even though we are a couple of weeks into autumn as we get into our daily agenda. Agenda! Yes, indeed. The daily agenda today is we are going to give you our prediction for the AFL ladder for the 2023 season. We are only a couple of days away. Now, prediction, uh, the only thing I can say with any certainty is that this is going to be wrong. Now, it is very, very difficult when you sit down to try and do this because I think you could be safe and you could just pretty much pick the top eight from last year, maybe one team coming in, but I've tried to sort of be really, you know, out there and hope that someone jumps up and provides some sort of uh, storyline this year. So here's what I've done, and I'll explain it. Melbourne, we've already given this out. Melbourne's my my team that I think is going to win the flag. So Melbourne won. Oh, wait. Now, let's just clarify this. So is this your ladder post-grand final, or is this your ladder at the end of the home and away season? Because I think that there's a difference. You reckon? Yes, I do. Okay, well, this is this is post the actual whole season. This is Melbourne winning the flag. Okay, so this goes after the grand final. Yes. Okay, because mine's a bit different then, so I'll have to change mine. Why? I'll explain it. Okay, so I've got Melbourne and Brisbane playing off in the grand final. Melbourne to win it. 
Geelong third. Carlton to finish in the top four. Ooh, okay. And the reason I say that is I reckon in the last 10 to 15 years, uh, about 75% one team from outside the eight has jumped up into the top four in from the previous season. So I'm going with Carlton this year. Sydney fifth. Richmond to play finals again. Frio to stay in the eight. I've got Port jumping into the eight. I'm a little bit worried about that now, but I'm still going to stick with it. Crows nine. Western Bulldogs and Collingwood as the sliders. They drop out of the eight. Gold Coast, GWS, Essendon, St. Kilda, North, West Coast, Hawthorne. So there it is. Okay. How, how have you, what are you going with? All right. So the, the only difference that I have with yours is I'm going to say that I feel that Brisbane and Port Adelaide will play off in the grand final, but um, my ladder at the end of the home and away season will yes. be uh, Brisbane finishing top, yep. Melbourne second, yep. Port Adelaide will finish third, yep. Geelong fourth. So there's my top four. Okay. Fremantle yep. will finish fifth. They will win most of their games at home. Carlton will slide into the eight and they will finish sixth. And the eight will be rounded off by Sydney and the Western Bulldogs. Mm. So that leaves in ninth, I have Collingwood who will drop out of the eighth, uh, the eight and Richmond will finish 10th. Then it will go Gold Coast, Adelaide in 12th, West Coast, GWS, and the bottom four will be St. Kilda, Essendon, North Melbourne, Hawthorne. Hmm. Well, there you go. You're the expert. I'm the fan, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I promise you, you've got as much chance of doing this better than I have as any person out there. Daniel's already sent in a text. I bet Walsh has poured in the top four. Of course I do, mate. Mm. Of course. I'm I'm an optimist. Come at me. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay with that. Uh, there you go. So, um, if you want to uh, join in, we're gonna we're gonna uh, put our top eight only because we don't have enough characters in uh, Twitter. We'll put our both our top eights on the uh, SEN Twitter Twitter site. And if you want to add to it, please do and tell us uh, who you think will be in. Who do you think will be out? Because yeah, right now uh, your sort of predictions will be just as good as ours. So I want to ask you some questions about your top eight. Please do. Uh, Give me a case for Richmond about why they come back into the frame of playing finals in 2023. Well, I think it's on the back of their midfield. So Taranto and Hopper come come into that side. So they've got two genuine... I think they're both. Taranto's certainly an A-grade midfielder. They're saying he's the future of the club, basically. He's one of the best and fairest. He's a big bull. Um, And Richmond have never... Uh, won a whole lot of stoppage. So they don't often have great field position. They they re- literally play sort of chaos. They get into their front half and, and just make it up as they go along, but they put great pressure on. So if Dustin Martin can recapture some sort of form, I think Shea Bolton is one of the most exciting players in the comp. Uh, Noah Bolter, I think, can come in and be a really sort of important defensive player. It's whether blokes like Grimes and, and you know, those Guys that have been there forever in their defence can just continue keeping on. So that's going to be the the uh, the story there. Whether their defence can hold up, whether Jack Revolt can have another year where he kicks forty five goals. I think Tom Lynch is a star. You know he's probably as good a chance as anyone is winning the uh, the Coleman if they get plenty of supply down there. So I, I think they've got enough talent in that side. They've got a great coach clearly, um, and you know Nankerville is a good ruckman as well. So they've got plenty of things. Nankervis. Nankervis. Sorry, Nankerville. He plays for Adelaide. 
<laughs> they just done a mid-season trade already. <laughs> uh, okay, so then Melbourne being your premiers for 2023. So last year was just a, a blip in the radar. Carlton, once again, we've spoken about Carlton, but mm. um, for you, they don't just play finals. They are in the top four. I think I think this, this will be something like circa 2017 when Richmond sort of got on that wave of emotion from their fans who have been sort of dreaming about this moment for such a long time. So uh, I, I just look at their their front half. They've got so many weapons in their front half. They've got Cripps, who's you know, arguably the best midfielder. Sam Walsh, I know he's going to be out for round one, but he's going to be there. Hewitt's through the midfield. Doherty's going to play midfield this year from all reports. It's whether their defence can hold up. So Wittring, we know, is a really good player, but they need a few other players to stand up down back as well. But I just feel like they... They were so close last year and they found ways to lose about three or four unlosable games. If, if, if you're able to win those close games, I think that belief factor will come and I, I think they'll win yeah, 14 or 15 games this year. Got a few messages coming in, Bix, on the text line. 0427154166. The first one from Daniel G's Walsh. I'm a Port fan, but Port in the grand final. Had your morning coffee yet? I've had a couple. And uh, Michael saying, Jared, I'm a Port supporter, but you lose all credibility putting Port third. I don't have much credibility to lose anyway, so that you don't have anything to worry about, Michael. Bix, let me ask you this question. Question without notice. Yes. Tell me why Port can't make the grand final and tell me why Port can't finish third. I'm asking on, for for me, um, mm. I would like to see Port Adelaide doing that and I feel that, again, I've said it, all I know is what they've shown on paper and mm. the players that they've brought in. I don't take any notice of the preseason form. I know defensively, there are some question marks, especially if there are injuries, which there will be. Mm. But I feel that there's no reason why they can't finish top four, finish third, and potentially play in a grand final. So tell me why I'm wrong. Why you're wrong. Uh, Look, I I think they're still in a transition mode with their midfield. You know, Zach Butters, I think we all love him and we all think it's going to be, you know, he's going to be a great midfielder going forward. But he hasn't been a great midfielder yet. So they're they're being patient with him. They're being patient with Lockie Jones through the middle of the ground. Um, so they're transitioning away from from Travis Boak and others that have been there for a long time. So that that might take a little bit of time. Their defence is the is their Achilles heel. So you know let, let's look at let's look at the Western Bulldogs for example. The Western Bulldogs are going to play Rory Lobb, Aaron Norton. Uh, and maybe Sam Darcy or Jamari Eaglehagen. What does that look like when Port Adelaide play? Aaliyah will play on maybe Norton. Does that mean uh, Ryan Burton then plays on Rory Lobb? Does that mean Tom Jonas then has to play on a Sam Darcy or a Jamari Eaglehagen? Like, I just feel like they they look a little bit exposed down there. And and the other thing with that is Aaliyah has been – we know he's been a great rebound player, and I've heard Aaliyah say, look, I'm more than just a – third intercept defender who plays on no one, I can lock down and do that. He's going to have to because they don't really have those, that sort of rebounding intercept player. If Aaliyah has got his hands full with an Aaron Norton or a, you know, a pick a player that, you know, every team's got a couple of, you know, whether it's Tom Hawkins, you know, who who's then is the one that's rebounding off of defense? You know, Dan Houston, we'll talk to him about that because he can certainly do it. But you know, he's not quite in the Jake Lever mould or the uh, Jeremy McGovern mould. And I think that's probably uh, what clubs are looking for. And it's where they, they generate a lot of their attacking play. And maybe that's one of the reasons why Port Adelaide don't sort of freely go into their forward line where there's lots of space and they get their really great forwards 
one out and they mark and score because, you know, that we, we, when I think about Port Adelaide, I associate repeat entries. Take field position, get it in there, just get it in there, create a stoppage, and it goes in, out, in, out, in, out. Port have lots of inside 50s, and then they're hoping someone takes a mark and kicks a goal. Other teams are just a bit more efficient in their movement going forward and, and their the tactics they use to move forward. So there's a couple of areas of concern if you're a Port fan. I like it. That's why you are the expert, and I like to ask these tough questions to you too. So, look, keep the text coming in. This is the great thing about round one because I know you're going to read, read something out in a second, and I was, I was avoiding it, but uh, we like footy debate. Go and read it out. <laughs> Bix, you, you just fixed Fix your mistake with another mistake. There's no Nankerville at the Crows. He's uh, also Nankervis. That's all right. You no, just no, got no, a name that, wrong, that, mate. No, it's no, fine. No, no, no. Uh, that is correct. But I'm not totally wrong. There's <sighs> a Nankerville that plays for the Crows AFLW team. Or did Maisie Nankerville. Uh, she plays for the Adelaide Thunderbirds now. <laughs> but also, she did play for Adelaide. No, Look, I, I had a school I'm teacher. I'm going to go um, get you that teacher. shovel so you can keep on digging around. <laughs> I had a school teacher. Mr. Nankerville. That's where it must That's who he meant. Mr. Nankerville, who's on the Crows my Richmond ma- Thunderbirds my, list. My mass teacher. <laughs> Maisie did play for Adelaide. Though. No, she did. I get exactly, it, mate. But... Yeah. I knew there was one. Oh, okay. You got there eventually. Um, all of those texts, especially the ones pointing out Bix's mistakes, you definitely will win the cricket Stumbeski filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. Mark Milligan from Adelaide United next. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 25-7 on this Tuesday morning. Morning Team Ford Mount Barker for V6 Ranger Bixer. We're very lucky to be speaking to our next guest as Adelaide United get the three points over the weekend against the Jets. Prepare to take on the Phoenix. We are comfortably in second position at the moment, but there's no such thing as being comfortable in the A-League men's because uh, the top of the table is so tight. But also, celebrating three Adelaide United players being part of the Socceroos squad, including Nestori Irankunda, a train-on player, a man who Amazing. wore the captain's armband for our Socceroos, is one of the assistant coaches at Adelaide United. Mark Milligan, good morning to you, Millsy. I'm sure you're really proud of the boys, Joe Gauchi, Craig Goodwin and Nestori, to be a train-on uh, player heading into the matches against Ecuador in a couple of weeks. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Yes, so I just opened my emails this morning to <laughs> to get the news. Um, it's fantastic. I think it's uh, well-deserved um, for all of them. And I think, uh, you know, Nesta, to get that train on spot as well is a, is a wonderful opportunity for him. Let's talk about the weekend, the 4-2 win over Newcastle. Any win away from home is a good one. So you go over there, get the job done again. Must have been pleasing for you. Yeah, very pleasing. Obviously, we're getting closer and closer to the to the business end, and you know our um, our form in general is is slowly you know getting getting better. And you know we've had a few opportunities to sort of lock down that second second position. And I think to to put in a performance like that and a, get a result like that away from home to sort of I guess consolidate that second spot for the time being was um, yeah was was very impressive. There have been times in Adelaide United's history where they've struggled to score. That is not the case at the moment. You're scoring beautifully. You're conceding some goals as well. But does that matter too much to you if you continue to be high scoring, if you concede one or two along the way? Yeah, look, wonderful that we're scoring goals. It mm. makes my job hell trying to keep them out. But <laughs> it's, um, 
it is good. I think I think the way that we play, we we have an understanding, um, you know, that uh, we're, we're a little bit vulnerable in in certain situations, and it's it's about best managing those situations. And I think with both both the goals, we can see, uh, you know, I know the the back four was quite disappointed in in the way that that sort of came about. Because like I said, we we know the spaces that that we create when we go forward in terms of that we um, we leave for opposition. And it's about us managing managing those and, and more managing moments. I think both those goals, you know, we if we make different decisions, um, you know, we can control that situation. We get the win and the three points without Hiroshi Ibusuki, uh, without Ben Halloran scoring, but we see Luka Jovanovic getting his first goal for Adelaide United. And Mark, I wanted to ask you about Louis Dorigo. I think he's been outstanding for the past few weeks and he's been coming off the bench uh, until recently, but I, I think it's a really good sign that in the absence of Juan Day, we can have Louis Dorigo step up and he contributed to that goal from Nestori in the end. So you can see that he's really growing as a player. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he had a big hand to play in um, Luca's goal as well. I think he, he's the one that, that won the ball originally. And, look, he brings a lot of energy. And I think his football is, is um, you know, really starting to match the energy that he brings in a game as well. He's starting, he's understanding now of the game. His understanding in the way that, that he we, we need him to play in, in that area is really coming along. And, you know, I think the... You know the fantastic thing is you have players like Nesta coming off the bench, who we obviously speak about. But I think it's very easy to to not not forget, but maybe dismiss the work of players like Louis, who who sort of prepare that platform for for players like Nesta to come off the bench. And I think that's that's the hallmark, really. I think the the work ethic of our boys early on, our our structural discipline, um, you know, for the most part, has been fantastic. We had a text coming in from Lance of Paradise who wanted to ask a question about Nestori Irin Kunda. Is there a method or a game plan about him coming off the bench? You can tell that he's so explosive in his power and his speed, which catches the, the defenders off guard a little bit, especially when they're fatigued. So how does that conversation come about with yourself, Carl, Eugene and Ayrton to go, it's time to get Nestori on? Look, it is very much dependent sort of on the game. And, you know, I think it's been spoken about quite a bit. With Nesta, it's very much been about building his capacity to play more minutes. And, um, you know, it, you can't just sort of, not only because he's so young, but because of the type of player he is, you can't just sort of throw him in the deep end. Um, you know, he's still very much learning and he's such an explosive player, but he needs to now learn. Uh, how to recharge while still being a part of the game because you see how explosive he is and then he sort of thinks he sort of takes a minute to, to recharge those batteries thinking every movement has to be explosive. So that's more to the point. When he's coming off the bench, we can really maximise at the moment that explosiveness while he's still learning how to manage the game for himself. Pretty important game on Friday night against the Phoenix. As, as I said, we're sitting in second position at the moment on 34 points, but Wellington in fifth are on 31. So, again, we keep saying it, um, a crucial game. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is crucial. And, and, look, Wellington's a very, very good side. They're, they're very organised. Um, you know, they're quite compact. And, you know, obviously we didn't have a great result against them uh, over there. So we owe them one. We owe them we owe them. I think they deserve to come to Coopers in walking to a, a big crowd, and uh, that that's been so so important for us, our home form, and and that's largely due to the to the locals in Adelaide. You know, the the support that we get is is fantastic, and I know I keep saying it, but but honestly, at the moment, I think it's the best in the league. Mm, yeah, good stuff, Mark. Thanks for your time this morning. 
Cheers, gentlemen. Looking forward to seeing Mark Milligan Friday night. It's a doubleheader too, so don't forget, if you can, get off work early. You've got Friday afternoon free. The women are playing in a doubleheader at Cooper Stadium Yeah, just too. looking at the A-League, laddie, you've got Melbourne on top with uh, 40 points, Adelaide United second on 34. Then there's this raft of clubs, Central Coast, Western Sydney and Wellington, all on 31. So Wellington got a lot to play for, as uh, Mark said. Uh, had a win against them last time. Had a win against Adelaide United. So we're uh, looking to return the favour here at home. And if you have a look at the past couple of games for the Reds, so it was a win against Melbourne City a few weeks ago, a draw against Western Sydney uh, prior to that. And if you get the win against Wellington on Friday, then you know there's four of the five best teams in the league that we've mm. got points against, which yep. I think is a good time to be an Adelaide United fan. It's a good time to be a Port Adelaide fan, especially if you want to hear from Dan Houston. We will speak to him before 8 o'clock this morning. Our number is one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! We are here in SCNSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy. Bix is loving the music, just hitting the desk, and everyone can hear that because your microphone is certainly on. Um, Dan Houston from Port Adelaide, not too far away. We also have done our full letters, but we'd love to hear your top eight. You can send them to us on social media or text them in 0427 154 if you're the texter of the day. You'll get that Signet Boost Power Bank valued at $59.95. It will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. I've got one of them, Bix, and I used it yesterday. Yep. Because I don't know what your kids are like when technology doesn't work and say the iPad runs out of battery. Mm. Um, my daughter screams like a banshee and you would not want to be anywhere in semaphore because it would sound like an alarm going off. And just before the Banshee went crazy yesterday, found the Signet Boost power bank and um, all was good. There you go. It's a problem solver. It's a personal recommendation. (laughs) If you want to keep your kids happy, keep their technology charged and you can do that by sending us a text. Next, we are doing On The Mark. Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres. Buy three, get one free at tyre power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 24 minutes to 8. Uh, the weather this week, Bix, is very warm. So we're going for 27 today. It's going to get up to 30 by Thursday. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. We have our yes moments very soon. If you have any... Send them in via text 0427154166. Great business starts with yes. Before on the mark, we've got a few text messages coming through. We have, and this one is a question for you. It regards uh, great news, read prison bars. Walshy, can you confirm one, is there a cap on the number of Guernseys we can sell as part of the agreement? And two, do Collingwood get a cut of the sales and or has money changed hands between the clubs? I'm hoping no and no is the answer. That's from Matt. Well, I don't know. Um, but I would like to think that we can sell as many as the Port Adelaide Football Club would like because they they look good. Merchandising is a – I think it's a key part of a sustainable football club now or any sports team, the really clever and creative merchandising. So um, over the weekend, I saw Koshi was responding to as many people as possible on mm-hmm. social media that were inquiring how they get their hands on the prison bar Guernsey because you think 
Last time it was worn was during the showdown where there was about 2,000 people there because of yeah. COVID. So it. it's a great opportunity for Adelaide Oval to see um, Port Adelaide wearing the prison bar Guernsey. And it's, it's worth asking the club that question as well. Okay. Um, so thank you. Here's another one, boys. A question for each of you. Re, uh, some of dilemmas. Bix, does Thilthorpe play round one? And Jared, is it time for Nesta Irokunda to start a game? That's Lance of Paradox. Go to you first. So Mark Milligan answered that really well, I think, from uh, Adelaide United. And I, I think his impact on... Off the bench now is something that shouldn't be toyed with. So a very good uh, way to probably um, make the most of his explosive power mm. because I don't think he's in a position where he can start yet. Long term, who knows? Who knows if he's going to be at the club long term because he's playing that well. What about you with yeah, Riley? Riley Thulthorpe, I, I think the balance would say no, he's not going to play. Um, having a, a catch up with Matthew Nix and the assembled media last week, he said or basically implied that he was less likely than likely. They'll go with uh, the big man, Elliot Himmelberg. I just wonder, I'm going to go through my best 23. I wonder what the thinking is, going back to the sub this year, is someone like Phil Thorpe, could he start as the sub? And let's say if it isn't going to plan against the Giants, um, you might be able to take off a Riley O'Brien, for example, and bring on a Ruckman who can who can run like a gazelle and maybe inject something into the game. Or can he go up forward and take some marks and do some stuff? So, what if Elliot Himmelberg has a really good season? Do you see, I mean, something to think about. You don't have to answer it now, but how many games you would see Riley playing hmm. this year? Because... If you think about some players in a similar position to him, you see Josh Shackey's at his third AFL club now where um, he wasn't performing when he needed to, but also there were players that were getting more game time ahead of him yeah. and he found himself finding a couple of new homes. Yeah, look, it's it's a, it's a an interesting one because what do you say to Elliot Himmelberg if he is having a cracking season? Sorry, we've got a bloke who we prefer to play, even though you're playing much better. Like mm. Some people have got Adelaide in the top eight. So surely you are, you've got this balance between picking your best side and giving yourself a chance of playing finals, but also having one eye potentially on the future in developing some young players. So he's 20 years of age. Now, I, I think we should all draw breath and think about Darcy Fogarty, who's in his fifth year now. It took him four years to really find himself. If it took an extra year or two, let's say it took two years for Riley to really find himself to become a really good regular senior player, he'd be 21 and a half years of age and so and still have a decade of great footy ahead of him. So let's not rush to, to throw him in there. Yes, experience is important. And, and I'm sure he will have lots of opportunities to play this year. So this um, is the thing we're forgetting too with Elliot Himmelberg because he's been around for a while at the club. Years. He's 24. Mm. So if he's starting now to find his position, it's taken him that long and he's mm. only 24 years of age. That's so right. still plenty of upside. Let's get into one of our favorite segments on the mark. Every good side has a good captain. Mark Bickley. How does this work, Mark? Bigley, explain it to us, please. Well, you read out a statement, Jared, and I tell you whether it's on the mark or off the mark. There's Pretty a simple. few of them today. <laughs> Pretty right. simple, really. Here we go. Suggestions. Cameron Green could be our greatest all-rounder of all time, a way too early, and people just need to calm down. That is on the mark. Let's just draw breath. I just mentioned that a second ago. Uh, he's he's into his career. If, if his career was a clock, 
It's about 12.30am at the moment. He has got so much ahead of him. And, and I think we've seen young players burst onto the scene a lot and they can, they can fizzle out. Do I think he will fizzle out? No, he won't. But the greatest all-rounder of, of Australian cricket, there's a lot of them that have been very, very good. So uh, just hold fire for a little bit. Port Adelaide wearing the prison bars in the showdown is a good thing for the club and the AFL in general. That's on the mark. I, I can't see any downside to it. If it fires Port Adelaide people up, if it makes the showdown, there's more rivalry about it, if it creates a talking point, if it's a nod to a club's history, I'm all for it. Matt Crouch's injury makes a tough call a bit easier for Matthew Nix heading into round one. I'm going to say that's off the mark because I don't think it was a really tough call. I don't think Matt Crouch was playing in round one. It would have been tough for Matthew Nix to have the conversation with Matt, but right now, Berry, Pedler, Schomburg, uh, Laird, Keys, they're all in front of Matt Crouch in this the current formation of the team. So I don't think that was such a big call. As NBL free agency opens, the Adelaide 36ers should try to hold on to as many of this year's squad as possible. That's a good call. I think it's time to calm the farm. I think the constant spinning of the wheels. It's on the mark, not good call, bad call. Okay, it's on the mark. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for straightening me up. That was a was more a figure of speech. Okay, Uh, just saying what you said. It was an easy segment, (laughs) and you stuffed it. Yeah, twice. They have been turning over lots of players. I think it's time just to get some cohesion. And also, it helps the fans. We we get to know and like our players by season end. Let's have them for a couple of years. I'm nervous about Anthony Drimmick. It said he's now a free agent, which for me indicates that he's gone. He's been back at the club for one year. Mm. So I'm a bit nervous about that. Uh, two to go. Aaliyah Aaliyah is Port Adelaide's most important player this season. That is a good call. He is. <laughs> but is it on the mark? <laughs> I do that deliberately. <laughs> that is on the mark because not only does he take the the best forward for the opposition team um, and do a really good job there, he's also one of their key attacking players. So that is on the mark, Jared. Finally, Brendan Fraser, the Academy Award. He's the best actor for The Whale. That is Brendan Fraser's best movie, The Whale. Is that on the mark or off the mark, Mark Bickley? That's off the mark, only because he's got a couple of good ones. Uh, go back a long way to Encino Man. Great movie. I'm not sure it was great, but it was fun. It was George of the Jungle. <laughs> I, was, I had The Mummy written down, which good was movie. a bit of fun. Yeah. And also Journey to the Centre of the Earth. Bedazzled with Elizabeth Hurley. No. My goodness. Haven't seen that one. You need to watch that, but alone. Just don't watch it with anyone <laughs> else. creepy. <laughs> okay. Hey, we put on about 30 kilos to play this role. Method actor really gets into character too. Well, so. that, and that's why you win the Academy Awards. When yeah. you change your, out, your, your, your outward appearance, that generally helps. No one got slapped while uh, receiving that's, an award as well. That's so a win. That's certainly a win 12 <laughs> months later. Uh, thank you very much. A successful edition of On The Mark or Good Call, Bad yeah, Call, whatever. Whatever, you, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Dan Houston from Port Adelaide joins us next on SENSA. Tire Power, best buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go!
Ten minutes to eight on this Tuesday morning. We appreciate you listening to SENSA, whether it's on 1629 or on the app. Our text line 0427 154 166. Very soon, our yes moments. Uh, you can search Optus Business or call our dedicated business team today. I think one of our yes moments, Bix, is that round one kicks off on Thursday night. And sure then is. for the Port Adelaide fans, our uh, first home game of the season against the Brisbane Lions at Adelaide Oval. One of the players hoping to feature on the weekend for the Power is Dan Houston, who joins us now. Morning, Dan. How excited are you? It's finally here. Morning, Walshie. Uh, yeah, very excited. Um, I think after a long pre-season, there's nothing more you want to do than play a game for four points. And, um, yeah, the week has finally come and very up and about at the moment. Now, Dan, uh, been a touch of negativity around your, uh, your practice matches. Has that sort of permeated into the group or the group still bouncing into training like you just suggested then and looking forward to this round one? Yeah, definitely. I think we've got a we've got a really strong culture and a strong team bond at the moment. And um, you know, obviously, there was a bit of negativity surrounding our practice games, but you know, we're not going to let that let let that hold us back. Um, you know, on the training track or around the club. And um, yeah, we've we've obviously had a, had a couple of really solid training sessions uh, since Perth, and um, you know, we're, we're in a really good headspace moving into round one, and and all the boys are looking forward to it. It's always. Pr- pr- presents a dilemma when you have a lot of players on the training track, a lot of players who are fit and you get to round one, they don't all fit in there. Talk to us about your depth this year and, and how difficult it's going to be to pick this first side. Yeah, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good problem to have. Um, uh, definitely there'll be a few boys stiff and uh, on selection and um, you know that, that obviously creates a really good culture for the club um, that rewards performance and, and helps each other get better and um, you know, it, just looking down at the back line, there's probably, you know, 10, 10 players that could play um, in an AFL game this weekend. And, um, you know, you have to bring it down to seven. So, you know, it'll be it'll be really tough for a few boys. But as I said, it'll be good for the, the team performance and, and getting the best out of everyone. What does the routine look like from now, Dan? It's obviously been different over the preseason and spending a bit of time in Western Australia. But, you know, who you're playing, where you're playing. So for the fans who... Have, want to have an idea about what your routine looks like. What does today present itself as leading up into the weekend? Yeah, so obviously we had a, a pretty big hit out on Saturday, so we're still sort of in that recovery mode at the moment and we'll go through, you know, a lighter, one of our lighter sessions today, um, still on legs and, and get some footies in our hands and, and do some, some drills. And then obviously Thursday we'll ramp things up and have a look at the opposition and how we want to play against Brisbane and we'll train that on Thursday. And then on Friday, we have a captain's run, which is, you know, a little light jog and get the boys in the mood up and about. And, and obviously, Saturday's game day. So that's what the week looks like going forward for us. There's no bigger test than the Brisbane Lions, who on paper are one of the best, if not the best teams in the competition, just by their names. And they've also signed a lot of big recruits. So what are you expecting from them? Yeah, well, obviously they were a really strong side before before this year, and they've added some some big names. So we're expecting them to be even stronger, and it, it'll be a good challenge for us. Um, and you know, when you bring in those those new names, and, and they're probably expected to play different roles and different positions, there's a little bit of unknown. Um, so we expect them to be you know even stronger than last year. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to the challenge to see where we're at. Interesting when I look at your midfield, you've regenerated that. We've seen Lockie Jones spend some time through the middle, but. 
it's quite a dynamic group now. If you add, you know, Rosie, who was outstanding last year, Wines is a Brownlow medalist. Butters comes in there. Jason Horn francis I mentioned Jones. You've still got Drew and Boak. That's a good seven or eight guys who can really uh, grow as a, as a unit over the next couple of years. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really, really solid midfield. And, um, yeah, having those six or seven players go through there, there's a lot of differences between each player and, mm. and they bring something different to the team, which is really exciting to see. And as you said, there's a Brownlow medalist in there, All-Australians, number one draft picks. It's actually really exciting on paper. And we're just looking forward to, to seeing that um, get to work uh, this weekend and, and moving forward. And, you know, as, a, as an older player, uh, I'm really excited to see what that can bring in the future. Now, Dan, the fans and Port Adelaide community are very up and about with the announcement over the weekend that the players will be able to wear the prison bars in the showdown at Adelaide Oval. How long had you known about it? And it'd be great to get some insight from you as a player about what that means to the club internally to be able to show some respect um, and acknowledgement of the club's history and wear that in such a big match against the Crows? Yeah, uh, tip back to your first one. We, we knew about it probably the night before it came out, so very, very briefly. And, um, yeah, the first my first uh, reaction was, you know, how good is this? We, I love wearing the prison bar jumper. And I know the, all the other boys do as well. And, on such a big day for the club, it'll be so special um, to run out there and, and represent the history, um, the past players and, and the club, um, you know, that, that has been before us. And I know the, a lot of the other players will as well. And it'll, you know, it'll give us a little bit of something extra to play for uh, in the showdown, which is already a big game. Why weren't you in the photo shoot? The three players that featured, Connor Rosie was front and centre, Jason Horn francis with a real serious face and Jace Burgoyne too. So did you not get an opportunity to get your kit off so you can get in that slow motion, put the prison bar Guernsey on? Why were you left out down Houston? Uh, I think when you look at those names, it's pretty hard to, to get past them. I think Jace Burgoyne's... Um, you know, Dad played for the club and Horn Francis pick one and Rosie All-Australian. I don't think there's any room for me in that photo. <laughs> oh, come on. You're underselling yourself. Hey, Dan, uh, thanks very much for giving us some of your time. Good luck for the weekend. Um, we, you know, we haven't taken too much stock of your preseason form. We think you'll have a, a really good showing this weekend. You've come up against one of the great sides. Often that lifts you and uh, we look forward to seeing the result. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Appreciate it. Going to be a big year for Dan Houston. He's staying at the club until 2027 too, Bix. So a, a big future ahead of him. And it, it is great. Um, as soon as we find out that information about those um, prison bar Guernseys as well, because they're basically sold out. They're trying to get as many as possible at Alberton to sell them. Got a couple of texts coming through. Bix on our text line, which is 0427-154-166. Um, you were talking about Riley Thilthorpe before saying he's the perfect sub and you had someone agreeing with you. Well, yeah, someone just sent that through. No name on that text, but Interesting because the sandfall doesn't start for a couple of weeks. You know, one of the one of the dilemmas you often have is if I play this guy as the sub, he doesn't get a game of football potentially because he might not come onto the ground if all things are going well, and then he misses a game in the sandfall. But the sub for the first two weeks doesn't matter because there won't be any sandfall footy, so um, it doesn't bother me at all. Just going before we finish on the uh, Port Adelaide Brisbane game, this is this is going to be a bit of an acid test and uh, for Port Adelaide in terms of their defence. You know, we've, we've spoken a little bit about uh, defence is a little bit light on height-wise that they tried to get the Sava Radigalia, couldn't get that over the line. This week, Danaher, Hipwood, Gunston, Cameron. So you've got 
two really big guys. You've got Gunston, who's an in-between. You've got Cameron, who's a star. All of them great forwards. So Aaliyah most likely gets Danaher when he's down there. So that means Hipwood, who's 200 centimetres, someone's going to have to take him, maybe McKenzie, which then leaves, or Burton. The other one, Burton or McKenzie, then gets Gunston. And then Cameron then gets picked up by Darcy Byrne-Jones, potentially. Mm. Uh uh, gets hard after that. It's uh, you know it's not going to be Burgoyne. I wouldn't have thought. You got Tom Jonas down there. He doesn't really have the wheels to to do that. Uh, so there's just some really tough matchups for Port Adelaide. And and then if it doesn't go well, let's say one of those gets off the chain, you don't really have a lot who you can flip it over to to say, oh well that didn't work. We'll put this other big guy on him. It's just they, they just don't quite have that flexibility in defence when they come up against teams that have multiple. 200 centimetre forwards or, or, you know, six foot five forwards. So tomorrow on the show, uh, I think we need to hear the 23 players that will take the field against yes. Brisbane for Port Adelaide. Mm-hmm. You can do the same for the Crows and GWS too, because you've got to try and fit about 27 into 23 for both teams. So there will be some players missing out. Can you do that homework over the next few days? I've, I'm about seven eighths through that already. So I just put some finishing touches on tonight. The first, 16 pick themselves. Then you have a little bit of juggling with positions and some of the guys who are just on the fringe and, and Port Adelaide this year, when you look at their forward line, if you've got Rioli, Sam Powell, Pepper, Horn Francis, Marshall, Dixon, Georgiades, Fantasia, like the, mm. there's probably too many in there. So uh, someone's someone of note is going to miss out in Port Adelaide's forward, particularly one of those small forwards. Okay. Well, we'll do that tomorrow. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with the show, one 736 We're going to find out what's happening in our beautiful city very soon, the Oak Bank Easter Festival. Tickets are now available, but Sam Edmund from SEN Next. Adelaide Hills coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. Two minutes past eight. Good morning to you. We are in SEN SA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA and Bix. We've got TVs all in here in Studio Lumo, and we're having a look at all of the morning shows talking about this this big deal with submarines. Orcus. Uh, Orcus. So what does that stand for? The AU is for Australia. The uh, the U is also for the UK, and then there's the US. So it's a three uh, three country alliance. And we're looking at um, Anthony Albanese and uh, Rishi Sunak. Uh, either side of Joe Biden, the mm. president of the USA, and Joe's the only one wearing aviator sunnies, <laughs> like Top Gun. Uh, it's a very unique look. I reckon Albo should get the aviators on. Have you ever owned a pair of aviators? No, not my go. I could see you in some. What sort of sunnies do you roll with? Ray-Bans. Okay. Mine, mine got prescription sunglasses. Oh, really? Mm. Have you got bad eyes? Yes. You look good looking most of the time until I put my glasses on. I was going to say, you couldn't see yourself coming to that event on Friday on time because <laughs> you rocked up. Mate. Um, it is round one. And it's all kicking off on uh, Thursday night at the MCG, Richmond Carlton. Um, we're just frothing about the anticipation for this. So instead of us talking about what it's like in Melbourne, we are going to go to the chief sports reporter for SEN, Sam Edmund, who we believe has worn aviator sunnies before. Morning to you, Sam. Is that uh, truth or is that a lie? That is a massive, a massive fabrication from you, Walter. Good morning to you. Good morning, Bixie. You, you mentioned the phrase frothing. I'll tell you what, they're frothing down at Icon Park, Royal Parade in Carlton this morning after Bix's ladder just came out. Oh. They cannot get this season started quick enough. <laughs> 
What's that? Just because the Carlton there, they're ready to go. Oh, the Blues, the Blues top four, they're ready to go now. Someone, they are chomping at the bit, boys. Someone jumps in there uh, each and every year. I'll tell you one club who's not uh, yeah. chomping at the bit, and that is St Kilda. They're like a medical ward at the minute. They are indeed. And you're right on the turnover. So three on average over the last probably half a dozen years come out of the top eight and three come in. Now, Tim Membry, for the St Kilda Football Club's part of things, was always unlikely to play round one. That was the case um, as soon as he underwent that knee operation, albeit a minor one. But it was less than a month ago, boys. So he was officially ruled out yesterday by St Kilda, obviously off the back of Max King not playing. Hayes isn't going to be there in their front half. And the midfield is missing. I had to do a stock take here in order. Zach Jones, Seb Ross, Jack Billings, Dan McKenzie, and potentially Marcus Windhager as well, who's been so impressive over the preseason. Nick Caulfield down back has a calf. So it's got to the stage now where the rookie, and he's a great story anyway, but that story is going to be further enhanced. Anthony Caminiti just has to debut in round one. He's the only forward threat left that's fit and available. That's <laughs> phenomenal, isn't it? That's going to be really yeah. interesting to watch that because he's had some moments in some of the, uh, the practice and internal matches. No, absolutely. In fact, he was so impressive in his second, I want to call it second training session at Moorabbin. It happened to be a trial match. Now, he was so impressive there with his contestant marking and his conversion that he walked off the park to find a contract waiting for him inside the rooms there at Moorabbin. Now, he didn't know it was a contract at the time, but his manager was there. They played a bit of a joke on him, if you don't mind. And then the next day said, that paperwork that you signed actually is a playing contract. Welcome aboard. So that was how impressive he was in the moment. I mean, Kerry Grammer, Northern Knights, Carlton's VFL program, and then the St Kilda Football Club. It's been a massive rise. Mm. Um, one thing that we've got a little bit of a read on over here is Tom Duday. We're, uh, Adelaide fans are watching him closely. And, of course, I think some of the Melbourne clubs fancied their chances potentially of getting him back to his home state on the back of Jordan Dawson being announced as captain. He's a free agent at the end of the year. But he came out and spoke last night, and he, um, he said some things that Crows fans would be pretty happy with, I reckon. I reckon, Big. So I'm, I'm pretty keen to temperature test this with you guys. Now, you're right. He's going to be among a clutch of players who, I guess, intrigue over their movement or otherwise at the end of the season is going to be fascinating as the year unfolds. Now, he was seen, obviously, as a real captaincy contender, wasn't he? But mm-hmm. overlooked, obviously, with Jordan Dawson just coming from nowhere um, on the eve of his second season at the club to be appointed standalone captain. So that's led to all sorts of rumours in your part of the world about risks with Dawson between he and Tom Duday. He denied that yesterday on Channel 9. But also in the interview, guys, he went, well, I don't want to say all the way, but he went some way to denying he was contemplating leaving the Crows season's end. Now, I want to ask you, Bix, have you ever used your pet as a potential uh, impediment for not moving clubs? Because he said he's got his dog over there and there's no way he could move. Oh, hasn't he ever heard of you can just put a dog in a, a little cage and drive it back or send it back? He's also got his partner, which you probably say yeah, first. exactly. Yeah. So, so in order, in order, he went dog, home, Partner, so I'm not sure if there's anything to read into that. If he comes to comes to training with a black eye today, you'll know what that's all about. But look, one of the things oh, I think, as much as anything, it'll be how Adelaide performed this year. He's been around for the last five years, where it's been hard work since the grand final. They haven't played any finals at all. They've been really patient. They've they've gone about a very structured rebuild in terms of getting as many high draft picks as they can. I think it's now that they've seen some steps forward over the last. Last year in particular, they moved forward again. They have to move forward again this year because yep. as he gets older, he, I'm sure like every AFL player, you want to play finals and you want to have a crack at playing deep into the finals and winning a premiership. And if he sees that future and that possibility at Adelaide, I think he'll without doubt stay. 
If that wobbles a bit, I think he might get, you know, there's potential that he could get wobbly on that front. It's got nothing to do with the captaincy, nothing to do with Jordan Dawson. You know, he loves his time in Adelaide. But I think it's more about as footy players, you want to be part of a successful team and he's got to be able to see that success happening at Adelaide. I think you're 100% right. It all goes in the mix, doesn't it? And Mm. the contract's only part thereof, the the conversation. Now, this will be picked up mid-year over the buy rounds like it always is with players and clubs and managers. Suffice to say, there'll be interest from um, from rival clubs. That is a that is a given. So, yep, a decision to make potentially for Tom Duda. I mean, I just if I'm watching that as an Adelaide Crow spot, I'm thinking I'm not reading too much into it. It's certainly a watch as the year unfolds. That's for sure. Sam, is it a legitimate concern that Joel Selwood may be booed uh, when he does his lap of honour uh, when the Cats take on Collingwood and they they unfurl the uh, the premiership flag, or is this just a, a bit of banter? Look, they're not going to... So, yeah, just to not get bogged down in semantics, he will have the flag with him. It's not an unfurling as such in the traditional sense. That will come later on in the season down at GMHBA Stadium. But the Cats did want this game move forward a little bit from its uh, normal start time just to allow as many Geelong people to get up there to pay tribute to Joel Selwood and then get home in the aftermath. Now, this is something we temper... Who would know, basically? Mm. Well, she did to answer your question, who would know? As a player, you'd say, lock it in. He's going to get booed. He's going to get heckled. He's going to get jeered. We did temperature test it over here on our side of the border uh, last week among Collingwood listeners and, and, and people calling in and texting in. And the general vibe from that very, very limited sample size was, no, um, that time has come and gone. Now we pay respects to, to a player who's been a, an obviously an ornament to the game. So you'd like to think not. I think any time anyone's getting in the back of a car... And, and putting themselves out there to, to say thanks to their own supporters, but rival supporters aren't going to hijack that um, with, with booing and the like. I, I think that in a game, people pay their hard-earned money. They can cheer, they can boo respectfully, respectfully, of course. But I think when that person's on the other side of the fence, so to speak, and they're celebrating their career, I reckon that would be a, a, an ugly look if it took place. Mm. And just finally, Richmond Carlton, it's a blockbuster, as it always is uh, on Thursday night. Sam Walsh, selection news, uh, not going to be there? No, absolutely not. No chance. Uh, not even in full training as yet, Sam Wallace. So that timeline hasn't changed, um, albeit he's making steady progress. I mean, his first step now will just be to reintegrate into full training. That hasn't happened yet. So expect him to do that in the next couple of weeks and then build up from there with, with an aim to returning perhaps, you know, around three, four and, and five. I did like the fact that Blues in this crowded marketplace, boys, when it comes to telling players they're about to make their AFL debut, found a new way to do it with the parents or the fathers of Ollie Hollands and Lockie Cowan actually ringing Michael Voss during their team meeting to tell their sons that they would be going to watch them among the eighty to 90,000 at the MCG on Thursday night. I, I thought that was a nice touch for the, for the Blues' two high draft picks from last year. That was really good because we're so familiar with seeing the players call their families and uh, without sounding yeah. like I have no emotions, it's become a little bit predictable now when the videos come out. So to, to mix it up a bit, I think it was um, very good, Sam. Enjoy the week. Footy's back. It's going to be huge over in Victoria. We've got a big game here in South Australia as well. So we really appreciate your time on SENSA. No worries, boys. And I hope that Adelaide Oval surface has come up a treat after Ed Sheeran departed as well. We saw it on Friday and it uh, looked uh, (laughs) a fair bit of work left to be done, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. What about the people at Optus Stadium as well in Perth? Ed Sheeran had to play there over the weekend. So uh, good luck because we did see that on Friday and uh, I felt really sorry for Damien Hoff about the work that he has in front of him. Yeah, well, they seem to get there. I don't know how they do it, but we were there for a SEN footy launch and Literally, they had this machine that was just digging up all the dead grass, mm. probably about two inches worth, and, and spitting it into a big truck. And then they replaced the whole soil, you know, like 
put lay down new turf. So you'd think the roots have to take really quickly so that the whole turf doesn't move. That's Apparently, the... Hoffy had to put those shoes on that had the spikes in them and walk all the way around Adelaide Oval and just do laps. So he's been doing that all weekend. Uh, he's just got his, um, his watch on to see how many steps he's done. So yeah. if you see a guy just walking around Adelaide Oval with spiky shoes aerating it, um, it's definitely Damien Hoff. We got an update from Port Adelaide as well in regards to the prison bar Guernseys, um, the, where they are at with the sales and everything. Mm. Uh, we will read out their response in a couple of moments' time. If you want to send us a text, 0427-154-166. Our Yes Moments next. Tire Power, best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 17 minutes past eight. We have our yes moment very soon. Great business starts with yes. Uh, Mark Bickley, we did get a text message earlier on yeah. 0427 And uh, this was from Matt. Just talking about Port Adelaide's prison bar Guernseys. Uh, it was announced over the weekend that they'll be wearing it in the showdown against the Crows. And pretty much sold out. Uh, got some correspondence from the club. First of all, um, confirmation that Port Adelaide did not have to pay anything to Collingwood for exactly. permission to wear the Guernsey, which is fantastic. There's limited numbers going to be at the port store on Friday morning for purchase, a really limited supply. And that also means hopefully some will be av- available on Saturday for mm. purchase at the game too. So if you can get to the port store on Friday, do that. If there are some remaining, they will be uh, at Adelaide Oval on Saturday. But it's, it's good news for the club that they First of all, they can wear them, but they are also selling out too as we get into yes. this. Yes. 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 It's your favourite intro, Bix. <laughs> Indeed it is. Uh, my yes moment is a, a cracking competition we've got going here at SEN. It's called SEN Survivor. And what you have to do to stay in the game and survive, as the name would suggest, is you just have to pick one winner one certain winner each week one game so you got the nine rounds you pick the one team you think is going to win now that sounds really wow, okay really easy yes but when you go through the games this weekend they're really really tough and what happens is if you pick your one winner you go through to the next round and you keep going until everyone is knocked out and you can win a car so um that is great get involved sen survivor.com.au go there register and you can win a car and this week, as much as it pains me, I think the game this week that has got the certain winner is going to be Brisbane to beat Port Adelaide Pardon? Here, at, here at Adelaide Oval. You have Sorry, at, can you just repeat that? What you said? Brisbane that? to beat. You have a look at the other games. They're, they're, they're really tough. You'd ha, you'd hard to split Richmond and and uh, Carlton, Adelaide and the Giants difficult. Maybe Sydney to beat. Gold Coast? At Heritage Bank Stadium, which is the former Metricon Stadium. Yeah. Yes. That's the same thing. You know, they're at yeah. home there. Yeah. Uh, you've got Hawthorne and Essendon. Who would know what's going to happen there? Who does the Saints play? St. Kilda Frio at Marvel. You're right. Yeah, it's tough. Geelong take on Collingwood. So two top four teams there. It's it's a really tough round to be a tipster. I think I what would. would you, what would you go with? I would go with... Even though the Gold Coast always have good early season form, mm-hmm. I will be taking Sydney to defeat Gold Coast. Okay. We might revisit that on uh, Tuesday next week. See how see if we survived. 
<laughs> what our jobs? No, no, no. In the, <laughs> we see how we go tomorrow. We speaking, our jobs. No, the uh, the SEN Survivor, great competition. Just a quick reminder: we always like to talk about what's going on in Adelaide. The Fringe Festival is still happening. In the lead up to Oakbank Easter, two tickets are now available. I haven't seen any Fringe shows um, this year, and it just bypasses us so quickly. I saw that everyone was at Womadelaide over the weekend too. So it's still a great time to get out and enjoy South Australia because Mad March turns into awesome April basically with Live Golf coming in the gather round too, which is uh, picking up steam. So um, look, if you do want to get involved with Oak Bank, you can book your tickets right now. We're going to wrap up the show next on SENSA. Tire Power, best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 26 minutes past eight. Uh, just for getting involved in the show today, everyone went into the draw to win that Signet Boost Power Bank valued at $59.95. We'll keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24 7. Mark Bickley, who is the text or caller of the day today, please? Uh, we went with Daniel because Daniel helped me out when I made a mistake um, about Toby Nankervis, mm. the, uh, the captain of the Richmond Football Club. I then went to Nankerville and to. Yeah, all different places. You tried to get out of it, and you ended up saying you were talking about <laughs> Maisie Nankerville, who is uh, yes. a no, member no of the long, Adelaide Thunderbirds. No longer at the Crows. No, but and it was just what I enjoyed was just observing it and no. just watching you squirm exactly. and thinking you were trying to do everything apart from saying I was wrong. And I'm so glad you said that. I was like Fonzie. I couldn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you missed any of the show today, it is on our podcast. We caught up with Mark Milligan from Adelaide United, and they have a big match on Friday night. Uh, mm. Both teams do. The women are playing Newcastle. The men are playing Wellington. And special shout-out once again to the three Adelaide United players, Joe Gauci, Captain Craig Goodwin, who are part of the Socceroos squad to face Ecuador, and Nestori Irankunda, who is a train-on player. So they've selected him to head over to Sydney and Melbourne just to be part of the experience oh, yeah. and to, to, meet the to be around players. these mm. these players, which will be great. Yeah, it's awesome. And we had a Twitter poll this morning talking about who should open the batting alongside Usman Khawaja in the final of the World Test Championship. David Warner got 14% of the vote. Travis Head, 63% of the vote. Cam Bancroft, 20 And other got uh, 1%. So there you go. It looks like it's um, Travis Head, the aggressive new opening bat for Australia. That well, seems to make sense. Cameron Bancroft, I think, is worthy of of consideration. So we'll see how mm. that unfolds. We both did our top eight or our full ladder today. They are online on our Twitter. And thank you for sending in your top eight. So Bix, over the next couple of days, tomorrow we want to hear the 23 players that will take the field for Port Adelaide yes. on Saturday night. And also the same for the Crows on the weekend. We'll catch up with one of the coaching staff or players from the Crows too. So it's going to be pretty tough. Your homework is challenging. Yeah, it is indeed. Now, uh, just before we sign off, what do you get on for the rest of the day? Uh, I am going to to, you know what, I'm a, I love cleaning my house because mm. um, I like nice smells and incense and scented candles. So I'm going to do that a little bit later on and just really get around myself. They call it the word, and there's no kids in the car, it's called a chorgasm. That's what, it, that's what it's called. I've never heard of that before. And what about yourself? Oh, I'm just going to go do a little bit of work. I've just got an office in the city here. so oh, we'll, uh... Someone's doing well? Yeah. <laughs> no, not my office. I go to a different firm. Okay, then. A consultancy firm. It's been uh, another good show. If you wanted to hear our chats with Mark Milling and Sam Edmund and Dan Houston, listen to the podcast. We are back tomorrow morning from 6am on SENSA. We appreciate you listening. Good morning. Good morning.